Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. want to welcome you to this next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we're going to have a conversation with Kim Ward. Kim is a business consultant and also a marketing expert. Kim, or is it Kimberly? What do you prefer, my dear? Kimberly is when I'm in trouble. Oh, well, let's see if I have to use it. You don't seem <laughs> really like the type that you're going to misbehave too much. We never know. Never know. They always say it's the quiet ones you got to look out for. Are you oh, are you quiet or are you very not at all? You extrovert. Yeah, very. Yeah. Well, you're in good company, so I think uh, there's no excuse now for either of us to not produce something really beautiful. Thank you. Now, Kim, you know it's an absolute privilege for me to to host these podcasts for brains. You know because I just enjoy having a conversation, human behavior is definitely my jam. I love seeing why people do what they do, you know. And if I'm smart and clever as a host, I ask the right questions to really bring out the best of you so that we can all benefit, you know, because I think if we can learn one thing, then it's going to it's gonna have some impact. Um, I know that you, you've got your own clients, you know, and you've had your own business for quite a while now, so I really want to tap into some of that uh, wisdom that you've had. And I know one of the things that you do is you really help people find their fire. But how, how do you actually how do you actually go about doing that? That's a good question. It's a loaded question, my friend Mark. Um, mm. You know, I just want to say that we tend to put ourselves in a container. You know, we live, and I don't. I was going to say this day and age, but it's been as early as human. You know, humans have existed that we make decisions based on other people's opinions or expectations of us. So one thing that I really, really like to do is talk about, and probably been a very long time since most humans have been asked this question, but what makes you happy? And they don't know because they've been doing for others, whether it's a spouse, whether it's children, whether it's a job or a career or a business, that we need to kind of explore what makes you happy and then how do we pull that out of you and bring it into your life and mm. usually it's going to start with authenticity mm. and that's a really cool really raw really brave place to start mm. somebody put it to me the other day that he said mark you shouldn't actually be pursuing happiness but you should, should be pursuing fulfillment which mm. i thought was a, an interesting like concept i mean i've had my own thoughts and i've done my own things around the difference between joy and happiness but what would be your, what would be your thoughts around actually looking for fulfillment since happiness is an emotion and obviously our emotions they come and they go i love that i just had this conversation with my own coach two days ago and the the lack of fulfillment is what brings a lot of unhappiness, kind of, as you say to people. So it's like, yeah, we need to find and tap into what is it that makes us feel fulfilled over the moon, 
you know, where's the passion? What lights us up? And that when you find it, that's the unstoppable fire that I'm talking about. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So I always I've always said that the biggest tool for personal growth is is reflection, right? So mm-hmm. when you reflect and you know what makes you tick, what might what lights you up. I mean, I always define it as sweet spot, you know. Where is where is my my sweet spot? And I I identified that when I'm contributing, that is when I'm in my sweet spot. So sometimes we have to look a little little deeper than than maybe some of the things that make us happy, like our children, or you know a sport, or or walking the dog, or having a massage. Sometimes we have to look at the actual out the output of how we're living because for me that was really important. I love that so much. I love that so stinking much. I will tell you, just the other day, I received an email from someone who's on my email list. She receives my emails regularly. And when she responded to me, I could feel and sense a tone in her that I was like, I don't care about the money. I don't care about enrolling a client. I need to help this person. I can't consciously let her sit in that. And I think we as humans, when we when we search for that fulfillment and when we talk about the output, it generally is what can we do? Like, how can we serve? What is our value to the world? So I immediately replied to her and I said, you know, I'm I'm really sensing something here and I'd like to gift you a an hour, right? Let's hop on a Zoom if you're open and see how I can support you. And I had zero intention on enrolling her and I didn't, I didn't want to, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right purpose. And I just served, I served her on that call, helped her overcome some things, helped her switch her perspective. And when she saw like, Ooh, you know, I'm allowing myself to live in a story and I can choose differently. We both got off that call and I felt so, so good. Mm -hmm. And that's when I felt that tug of like, that fulfillment is like, ah, I did good today. You know, Mm. one person at a time. Mm. Isn't that, isn't it good? I mean, my favorite proverb is he who refreshes others will be refreshed. Mm. You know, I was saying to my, my best friend, Michael, the other day, I was like, you know, the more we do good to others, we actually do good to ourselves. Like, and that's, that's really interesting because we, we live in a world that's very self-absorbed. But I, but I realized that the 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 better I do for somebody else, then actually the better I do for me as well. Yes. And that's that's what we want. The world needs And that. you don't know the ripple effects you had on that person, right? Exactly. Now, the, if somebody is feeling the opposite of what we're talking about, of being in their sweet spot, feeling fulfilled, if someone is feeling like deflated and discouraged, you know, what can be done and what do you do with a client that maybe comes to you uh, and is in that predicament. Yeah. So in business, you know, we have something called a DMO, which stands for daily method of operation. So what are those daily tasks that you're going to do knowing that you're improving your business by 1% today and 1% tomorrow? And we have to kind of treat ourselves like that as well from time to time, whether it's a season or circumstance, uh, I have suffered, severely, severely suffered with depression for about a 10-year stint, and I never, ever thought I'd be able to pull myself out of it. And I did, 
but it was a matter of showing up every day, doing the things I said I would do because that's integrity. And I created this DMO for the life side, right? So sometimes we feel like lifting our head off the pillow is just too much energy. It's just not today, but if you can take a shower, I know this sounds so crazy, but just the shower, the water, you know, you're kind of introducing that new energy and bringing yourself to life little by little. So something as simple as a shower can help just shift. But we talk about affirmations a lot. And in the 70s, I think it was 72, John Kabat-Zinn introduced affirmations with an O instead of an I. And I think it's not talked about as much as I'd like it to be. Um, So we know that an affirmation is like a spoken positive statement. I am worthy. I am, you know, but the subconscious mind is so, so powerful that sometimes we as humans speak these affirmations that are just way too advantageous or straight up a lie, right? Because we're trying to convince ourselves that we're this other side of ourselves and we're just not there yet. So instead of doing that, the brain is like, no, you're not right? So it stops us from doing the action steps and having the belief because it knows better than us. What I recommend and what I did was every single day I woke up and I asked a very open-ended question called an affirmation, and it only has a positive answer. So when I was at my worst, Mark, I would wake up and say, how can I show up more powerfully today? And my brain started to wake up and do the action steps. And sometimes me showing up more powerfully was taking a shower. And then little by little by little, that compound effect kicked in because I was stubborn enough. I didn't give up. And within six months, I had to stop asking myself that question because I I can't show up more powerfully Mm. anymore. Mm. (laughs) I'm hearing this word showing up, you know, and, and, and obviously you're identifying that with your own with your own journey, which I'll get onto in a moment. Um, why why are you thinking that people are not showing up for themselves? Like when you were going through that that battle of depression for 10 years, which is not a small amount of time, that's a long time, you know. Um, you know, you'll be able to speak into this, but but why are people not showing up? I think it's still always going to boil down to other people's opinions and other people's expectations. And there's deeper levels, right? It's, I don't believe in myself, but why? What happened in your life that you have this lack of belief? And and generally it's someone that I respected or looked up to said something to me, did something to me. Um, Maybe it's as subtle as you had spoken, you know, a statement and someone gave you a look without the communication. And that look alone made you internalize what they meant by it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we kind of hold that and we internalize what we think the truth is. And that starts to carve out the person that we're becoming. I wanted to ask you, I know that this is something that you've already put out there. So I know it's something that we, we can, we can touch on. But I know that obviously you lost uh, both your mom and your sister to suicide and even had an attempt uh, yourself. Yes. Um, How has this like affected you? And what would you say to those that are 
feeling like suicidal. I know that that's quite a deep uh, but important thing to talk about. And I think like opportunities like like podcasts where we're just having a conversation, but we live in the real world. You know, I you know I've recently had people close to me have have uh, thoughts of suicide. So obviously, it's something that doesn't stereotype it can affect anybody but but maybe share some some thoughts around that of course yeah and i'm i'm a complete open book i feel like if we if we're not willing to be honest and open and vulnerable then we really can't have that effect on other people to help them have that transformation um i grew up in a very very dysfunctional environment very dysfunctional And by the time I was 16, I had enough. I was done. But because I was 16, there was no out. I just, there was no out. So I attempted to take my own life because I wanted out of my problems. I didn't necessarily want to die or be gone from from the earth. I just didn't know any other way to escape the problems. And I remember the emergency staff telling my dad, like, if you got her here, just five minutes later, she would be dead. And that didn't rattle my cage enough. I actually became very angry and very resentful that I survived. And that made me turn to drugs and alcohol, Uh, found myself pregnant by the age of 17. And it was that moment where I started to think differently. Like it was enough of a shock. It was enough of a wake up call for me to go, whoa, I'm now going to bring a child into this world. I cannot, and I refuse to have the dysfunction that I was brought up in, in like that, you know, I mean, whether it's mother's instincts, I don't know at God, I don't know, but I got it together very, very quickly. And so of course my thinking shift, of course I started thinking differently and I had no idea that my only sister just a few years later would succeed and take her own life at the age of 22. That was the most traumatic thing I had ever gone through and hopefully will ever. Um, And then seven years later, I was now eight months pregnant with my daughter. I was happily married. Life was at the best, best possible point ever. And three days after Christmas, I get this call that my mother had also taken her life the same way that my sister did. And, you know, this is going to sound horrible. I was angry. I wasn't as sad as when my sister passed. But here's what happened. My husband was a lieutenant with the fire department. So he was on scene. I was able to get there. And I looked at my husband and I said, I will never, ever go to work for anyone else again, knowing that I was having another child and time is our most precious commodity, knowing that the two people that I love, you know, most in the world have now passed on based on their own choices. That got me thinking, and you use the word reflection. I think that's a very powerful word. Um, We learn in reflection, not in the moment. And so I was able to kind of walk away from that situation as morbid as it is, and ask myself, what do I want my life to look like? And that's when I started getting angry in a healthy way. Because now, why did my sister take her life? 
because of external circumstances. They could have been prevented. They could have been avoided, but she made her choice. I look at my mother. Why am I motherless? Why am I having this baby with my mother not by my side? Because she made her choices based on other people's, you know, her internalizing, once again, their opinions of her, their expectations of her. She didn't want to hold up to that facade. And that's when I realized, holy crap, you know, we're all just walking around this earth trying to please other people, trying to put on this mask so that we're liked, we're loved, we're adored, we're hired, instead of searching for true fulfillment, which brings happiness. And if we were in alignment with that belief and that way of living, I don't think the rest would be as prevalent. Well, I know that's a lot. No, but it's it's good because, you know, there's only so much surface stuff we'll we'll do. And I think it's important that we have these deep conversations, you know, because it, it require it requires us to be to talking about it. It doesn't need to be a, a taboo. It can be can be talked about. I I find it interesting, you know, how you're saying that it seems like, and I think even even when I think about some of the the challenges maybe I've had within my own uh, mind, it has been the narrative you tell yourself based on other people's behavior towards you or what they say or maybe what they do or actually even what they don't say and what they don't do which for me has been probably more of a challenge it's more what isn't being said you know and so that there for me is where I think the biggest opportunity is that we have individually because we're all I guess responsible for, for our mind and and we can all master that or struggle with that in varying degrees but but it seems like the biggest clue here is actually how we're internalizing uh, and then going about actually qualifying ourselves rather than allowing other people to disqualify us by the story we tell. So is that something that you do in your in your work, Kim? Uh, do you help people like with that narrative, with that self talk? Absolutely, and you just said that so beautifully and so eloquently. I love this conversation. I should be interviewing you, <laughs> um, but I think that's essential as a starting place, right? So if people come to me or any other coach and think that they're coming to you for the business side, I need more leads. I need to make more money. I need to. How are you showing up? Are you showing up as authentic as you can? Are you showing up as yourself? Or are you showing up in a way where you think the world wants to see you? Because in my experience, if it is the latter, right, you're going to eventually be tired. You're going to feel this tug of unhappiness because you're out of alignment. It's exhausting trying to be and pretend to be something that you're just not. And so the day comes where you're finally tired enough and you say, uncle, so now I can start showing up as me and the friends, the spouses, the audience, the social media followers that you have built are now like, who's this person? Because you were being that inauthentic character from the beginning. So I want to get in there and make a mess 
in order to clean a mess. Mm -hmm. The other reflection I had from what you said was actually how when you had a when you had a daughter that that actually then made you shift from I can't show up for myself right now but I I've got to show up for for mm-hmm. her. That that is really interesting as well isn't it because sometimes it it is it's almost like people are so good at taking care of themselves uh sorry of other people but not good at taking care of themselves. I mean I I'm in that as well in the sense of I I'm amazing at problem solving, troubleshooting, being a strength of resource for others, but then when I'm the subject matter, why then does it does the the head not serve the heart? It's it's interesting. I love that so so much. I got to tell you when I was in that kind of bout of depression, I used a joke that I needed a life coach and I did not know how true that would be. So at the tail end of that 10 year, very long, very hard uh, season, I did hire a life coach. And just to what you're saying, I knew I wanted change. I knew I wanted transformation. I knew I wanted something different, but I didn't have the energy or the strength or maybe I didn't want it bad enough. But when I hired this coach, we would meet weekly. He would give me action steps and then hold me accountable. So the next call I would get on, he would say, have you completed your action steps? And I never, ever wanted to show up and have to say no to the coach that I trusted and adored and invested in. And the one time I did show up and say, no, I didn't, not this week. He leaned in and said, what was more important? Oh, I can still feel that sting. It's anchored in me. And I was like, oh, I didn't like that. I don't want to feel that way again. And so I found myself doing the things, holding myself accountable so that when I showed up to our next session, I could always say, yes, I did. And I'm complete. But I didn't realize the person I was becoming in the process. I was only doing it to make him proud and to not let him down. And that's the level of accountability I needed. It is right to your point of like, we're always going to put people before ourselves. And at some point we're going to wake up and realize it's flip-flopped. It has to be number one first, Mm. not in a selfish way, Mm. but in a caring way so that you can live fulfilled while serving and impacting others and doing what it is that you're here to do. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty okay actually with being selfish at times because I think that actually it's necessary. Like we yes. we know about, you know, you can't give from an empty cup, right? Yep. So, you know, in some ways it's like, you know, I have no problem uh, saying no to my children at, at times if I feel like actually it's not for my for my greater good and and they get that because they know if I go do something, they know that when I come back and I'm with them, then they get a much better, happier, yes. vibrant, you know, father. So it is really important. Now, one thing you've been talking about a little bit is this inner belief. Like we're talking about how we need to actually be more about validating ourselves and actually moving away from what other people think. So why is inner belief so important and how, how do we how do we grow that? Inner belief, it's that driving force. 
it's that driving confidence. You know, I look at my eight-year-old daughter and she is, I mean, a whippersnapper. I love this human so much. Mm-hmm. It's not about the fact that she's at the top. I mean, literally at the top of our nation for her testing scores. She is the happiest person that when she walks into school, when she walks into church, when she wakes up in the morning, she always, always has a smile on her face and it is infectious. And I'm like, we've done good, you mm-hmm. know? And that's how, that's how I want to see humans. There's no remorse. There's no resentment. There's no, I should have, could have, would have. When you have that inner belief, it doesn't matter what other people think. You are going to walk into a room with that level of confidence. And I'm sorry, you're not going to be for everyone. And that's okay. This, this inner, I have to be liked. Um, even people who say, I don't care. Yes, you do. But it's like, this is me, right? So having that belief of I can do this or having the belief of I can't do this, look at that crossroads and you're choosing not to be corny or cliche, but that's why I named my business Life by Design because you can. And I really know, I really believe that you can build your life by design. It is just one decision after another. And that inner belief is going to be that navigating GPS of like, how are you going to choose? Which road are you going to go down? And if you're getting further and further out of or away from that fulfillment, it's probably because the inner belief is a critic, Mm. not a support system. Yeah, very true. I've got a couple couple more questions before we bring this into land. Time's flying. Um, I've, I've got to ask you this, Kim, because you you know you are a marketing expert, and I've I've always thought that this question is is one that I've wrestled with, and I think uh, probably other people wrestle with too. So, how do you find the sweet spot of marketing yourself, but not coming across as self indulgent? Like it's so important to show up every day, like we've been talking about showing up, especially online. If I'm creating like a, a thought of the day on Instagram. You know, how do we find that sweet spot of where, you know, people know we exist, but we're not coming across as, oh, it's Mark again, or it's Kim again. I love that so much. I'm going to refer back to a very, very old acronym that I heard back in like 2016 for the first time. I feel like when we use those numbers, it's almost like ancient caveman days. That's how (laughs) long ago it feels, but it's called WIFM. W-I-I-F-M. And this is where I get my really corny radio voice. And I'm like, welcome to W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? Talk radio. (laughs) So if you keep that analogy in your mind, people are really nosy. Um, They want to look over your shoulder. They want to know what's going on in your life, in your business. And they do want to celebrate you. And when you show up, whether it's social proof, whether it's value, whether it's, hey, I'm in London at a high level business retreat, you have to finesse the language and the message in a way that serves your audience. So it's not always look at me, look at me again. Oh, it's my highlight reel versus your blooper reel. It's let's talk real. How did I get here? Was I always? No, right? No, I 
10 years in depression and now look at, you know, so how can I take you on that journey and how can you finesse that language in a way that serves them where they are, whether you're providing hope or how to, or just that inspiration, you know, and you're living through example, you're giving them social proof and, and showing up hopefully as that authentic self so that people can choose. Mm. Because again, we're not going to be for everybody. Mm. And when you show up authentically, people will sift and sort themselves. And that's really what you want, right? You want the people who love you, who already know, like, and trust you, who feel like they have that rapport. Those are the people that are going to come and work with you and partner with you and refer you. And everyone else can sit and watch and it's okay. Mm. So what 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 does the W stand for? Uh, what's and then I in I it F for M me what's in <laughs> me. it me with them yeah. love that okay good my last question uh, and then I, I want you to tell people how they can find out more about you Kim find out more about your work how they can work with you uh, I would love to ask you. Can you give me free beliefs or values that have helped you navigate life? Holy crap. <laughs> you're, you're coming out. I've been, I've been letting guests get away with things too easy. I thought it's time <laughs> to put the smack down. On and the you choose me? Guest. I've chosen <laughs> you. You're the first one. I thought I might run with this for the next few and just see what we can get. Um. Oh man, this is actually really tough. Three beliefs or values. values. Yeah. Number one is going to boil down to you. You have to start with you. You have to start with authenticity. So the value of I am enough and the belief of I am enough, it, it's everything. It's absolutely everything. Um, next is honoring your your commitments right that's what we call integrity and integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching okay. and when you can be a person of integrity that's really what's going to help you through mm. and then i don't know what everybody's belief system is and it's going to be different for all of us but if it's if it's god and for me it is lean into your faith for me it was like i absolutely must um, keep that relationship and keep the faith and read the word and, you know, be a good Christian. And mm. so that's, those are the three kind of driving factors in, in my life. And hopefully it, it gives someone else something to think about. Love that. See, it wasn't so hard after all. <laughs> There's so many to choose from. Oh, that's true. But I would say, like you could, you could see all three of those throughout the answers that you've given with the other questions. You know, oh. we've been focused a lot on on self. You know, we've we've talked a lot about integrity and showing up, which is what you've just said. You know, and obviously leaning into your faith. You know, those moments where, like you said, you didn't know whether it was God or or whether it was just um, you know other factors like it's definitely like a big part of the fact that we're all on a journey and we need people to help us navigate through. So it's really good, Kim. So where do people find out more about you? How do they say, right, I want to, I want to have a conversation with Kim. 
Uh, well, the easiest way is successwithkimward.com. Mm-hmm. That is uh, going to take you to all of my social media opportunities and just different ways that you can connect with me. And I would love, I would love to connect. It's what we do. Love it. Well, Kim, thank you for being on today's Brains episode. Thank you so much. You're amazing. You're amazing. And next time I'm going to interview you. Sounds like a deal. All right. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.